Are you a runner? Or more importantly, do you want to become one? Do you want to know where to begin or how to get better? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Run Amazing Utah, where runners of Utah share their inspirational stories of how they conquered their battles, reached their goals, and overcame the seemingly impossible. If they can do it, so can you. What if you could? I mean, reach that big dream that you've always dreamt about. Maybe you think it's impossible. Maybe others have told you it's impossible. Maybe it's your body that's holding you back. Maybe you feel like you've aged or it will never be well enough to do what you want it to do. Well, guess what? That's not true. At Body Smart, we empower you and teach you how to make changes toward the kind of life you want to live and give you the tools you need to reach that goal you've always wanted to reach. From running your first mile to qualifying for Boston, we have everything you need to reach that dream. Call us at 801-479-4471 or contact us through our website, bodysmartutah.com. We can help you maximize your performance and stay on the road. Let us help you reach that dream. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Run Amazing Utah podcast. We are so excited to have Dr. Steve Wynn in with us. He is from the Intermountain uh, North Ogden Clinic, and he has a great running story and just did a metabolic test with us. So it's always mean to beat somebody up with a metabolic test first and then interview him after, but he did a great job. He is literally excellent. Um, and yes. uh, just has a cool backstory to his, his lifetime of uh, fitness and running. And so we wanted to have him on and, and share a little bit about who he is and, and how he helps his patients as well. So um, I'm Cameron Garber, Mark Humbert, and we're excited to have you. And Steve Wynn, yeah. 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 Good to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So Steve, you just did a metabolic test. How was that experience? Uh, okay. I was telling Mark before I started, I really don't like to push myself t- too hard on <laughs> yeah. exercise. So it pushed my limits a little bit. But yeah, for good sure. to get a sense of where I am. and interesting data that comes from that yeah yeah and we can use it in so many different ways right. and so it, it is fun to kind of see where you're at and and the good news is it's not a very long test so you don't have to push right. yourself for very <laughs> long but not yeah suffering. but it is yeah you you can you can definitely get to a suffering state there mm-hmm. and, and push yourself but yeah. that's great so we're yeah we're excited to have you in um so tell us a little bit, um, you've been running for, for years now, huh? Yeah. How, how did you get started with running? Was that something you've done since a kid? Or Yeah, so I was thinking a little bit about that, and, you know, I'm old enough that when I was a kid, you didn't go out for a run. Yeah, that's a fairly <laughs> new now. I yeah. Mean, yeah. But, right. but my dad was always into fitness, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something he stressed with me and my siblings in, in various ways. Um, when I was probably eight or nine, all of our family got bikes just for recreational riding. And yeah. we lived out in the old Granger area where you could ride for miles and not, yeah. not see anything other yeah. than cows. And uh, <laughs> So his emphasis on, on exercise was kind of what got me interested. He was working on his Ph.D. thesis and wanted to get the kids out of the house. So he, <laughs> he got us all... Um, skis and oh, uh, and uh, a season passed to Park City which incidentally hey. so this was back in the mid 60s a pass for all of our family at Park City would pay this was a day pass $5 for the first skier 
four dollars for the second, no, no three dollars wow. for the third, and then two dollars for the rest of us. At you Park can't even City buy a hamburger for <laughs> that up there anymore. Oh so, so yeah, he'd get us out of uh, his hair with skiing, so he That's could work great. on his thesis. So, between biking and skiing, um, those were kind of my starts to yeah. to fitness, and and then in high school I ran track and was just kind of a mediocre track runner, but enjoyed the fitness sure. And, sure. and since then just kind of been a, a recreational runner I um, I'm a physician so it's kind of hard to tell your patients to, <laughs> right. to yes. go out and do yes. something if you're not setting an example right right I appreciate that though that's um, that's a good sure. quality to have yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not true of everyone and yeah. and it's good to be able to live the lifestyle that you're promoting right. right right and you know obviously as I kept with it see the benefits not only physically but emotionally what mm -hmm. what exercise does oh, yeah. for him is just so important yeah so, so I ran uh, again recreationally and then in med school we had a group of us that would get together a couple of times a week for basketball. And yeah. So there was a mix, but, but mostly running through my 30s and 40s and 50s and kind of recreational. And then I, I think it was, um, I think I got plantar fasciitis or something when I was running and, and it kills me, as you know, to not right. be able to exercise. So <laughs> right. I really can't run. I've got to do something else. So I got a bike. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so when I had an overuse injury, I could usually bike ride and, and enjoyed that. I grew up downhill skiing, as I said, but when costs started to go up, I bagged that. And there literally were probably a half dozen years where I was really bored with, with winter here in the yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, what it's am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I took up cross-country skiing. Oh, yeah. I love cross-country And, uh, you know, it's cheap. It's You don't fight the crowds. You can go on a snowy day, and it's just as good as a, yeah. a bluebird day. Mm -hmm. So I've been cross-country skiing for about 10 years. And so now I don't That's consider great. myself a runner. In fact, I, I consider myself more a outdoor enthusiast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I rarely go out running or exercising for the exercise as much as I do for uh, to enjoy the beauty of nature. And Which is a great spot to we be We have in. plenty of it here in Utah <laughs> oh, and in yeah. Ogden. So, you know, whether it's uh, cross-country skiing or uh, bagging a peak along the Wasatch or going out for a, a run, mostly trail runs now. But, yeah. but that's kind of where I am now. And uh, the cross-training allows me to to kind of avoid the overuse injuries. Yeah, and it's a great way to do it. To have yeah. a couple different medium right. with which you can exercise really yeah. does help yeah. to, to just change up the stresses. Right. And you get different benefits from each one as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And what's interesting is that you can feel like you're in shape for running. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get your bike out and right. <laughs> it's like starting over. It's, yeah. Yeah. And then the cross-country ski is a whole other yeah. game. <laughs> right. Well, and the cross-country ski is so interesting. We have one uh, guy that works with us that is a quite a high-level athlete in both running in the summer, but then... Yeah, he does, you know, Nordic events, and mm -hmm. he, he's mm -hmm. quite accomplished. But it's always that, okay, now we're a couple months away from running again. you got to start yes. getting the pounding on your yes. feet. Because the, the, his heart and lungs stay in shape, but his 
muscles and bones mm -hmm. and ligaments mm -hmm. need to get used to that pounding again because exactly. it's easy to just transition right into the same volume of training right but yeah you got to kind of allow your body yeah. to adapt to each one yeah. and yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. so um now with your training you've you've kept in shape and kept your fitness high despite having some fairly you know significant health complications throughout all of that how Tell us a little bit more about that and what you're willing to share. And yeah, so um, so from the time I was uh, an infant, uh, I had kidney problems. I had something called uh, 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 reflux, meaning urine went up into my kidneys as an infant, uh, mm. setting in uh, setting in line kind of a slow decline of kidney function from the time I was a, uh, an infant. Uh, yeah, so I kind of grew up. Uh, couple of things that contribute to my story. I grew up in doctor's offices, um, yeah. which contributed to me wanting to be a physician. Sure. Um, but uh, I also grew up knowing that at some point I would need a kidney transplant. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't talked about a lot as a, as a kid, um, but uh, as I got into my early teens, started meeting with a, a kidney specialist and kind of plotting out my numbers. And, and then uh, the year before I finished my undergraduate work up at the University of Utah, uh, my, my numbers really kind of took a dive and mm. my doctor said it's time to look at uh, a, a transplant, a kidney transplant. So my family tested uh, looking for a donor and my dad, who was 65 at the time, which is kind of the high end of where they will accept a, yeah. a donor, but because he was so active throughout his life, he was deemed to be a, a very good fit and his blood type and antigens were a fit. So uh, I got a kidney from my dad. Interestingly, on the day I was supposed to walk in my uh, oh, college graduation, graduation. I was wow. getting a, a new kidney. <laughs> wow. Um, and then as I said, uh, because of my health, I kind of grew up wanting to, to always be a doctor. Yeah. Um, I had applied to medical school uh, that year, but because of my health, put it off a year. Uh, got accepted at an out-of-state school, but not at the U where I wanted to go. Sure. Put it off a year, reapplied, and my second year I got accepted to the, oh, the University that's great. Uh, of Utah. And uh, my transplant, I've really been blessed, and, uh, and I, I relate that to, to my health, to yeah. taking care of my health through, Absolutely. throughout my years. And you know, back then I got my first transplant in, in 80, 1987. Okay. And as time went on, you know, I'd get 10 and 15 years out and I'd ask my doctor, so, you know, what's the date on someone my age getting 15 years into my transplant? And I'd say, well, we don't have a lot of data because you're kind of beating <laughs> the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And, and again, by that time, my kidney, my functioning kidney was 75, 80 years old. And, right, right. And uh, that kidney lasted... Um, for 28 years or so, wow. That's which, which was kind of unheard of back then. And again, you take into the, into the, 
into account that uh, at that time the kidney was a 92-year-old <laughs> yeah. kidney. Yeah. And, and I should mention my dad uh, passed away at 94. Okay. And his donating a kidney never Didn't became, affect that at all. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But uh, it, I always link the association with my kidney failure with, uh, I did uh, the Ogden half. Uh, and my kidney was functioning pretty well at that time, but probably got a little dehydrated. Mm. And my exercise pattern, I just never felt like I recovered from that. Okay. Um, probably didn't hydrate as well, but the biopsies on my kidney as I started to decline really showed more of what's called chronic rejection. Mm -hmm. And so after about 28 years with my dad's kidney, my numbers as far as my kidney function started to to decline at a little faster rate and um, hmm. and I got on a, a transplant list once I got to this kind of level you have to you have to be sick enough to sure yeah <laughs> to get on the list which was kind of a frustrating time for me because oh, I, I, I was can't imagine. sick enough uh, one of the the problems with kidney failure is you get anemic yeah and so I wasn't quite sick enough to get on the list for transplantation, but sick enough to not feel real well. Right. Mm -hmm. To so not maintain as, the fitness that kept you healthy. Yeah. Yeah. As a doctor, I knew oh. I could take some medicines that would probably trigger my, my <laughs> right. kidney to get worse, and I was tempted to do that a couple of times I'm to sure. speed the process, because as, as an athlete, even a recreational athlete, yeah. you know how much that exercise helps you feel better emotionally. Oh yeah. So here I am struggling with the emotions of dealing with a chronic disease well, and, and my medicine my medicine is to run. Yeah. And yeah. and although I did it it just wasn't as satisfying. Yeah. So there was this time for about two years where I tried to maintain some activity but yeah, it was a little be frustrating. Hard. As a physician, you bear other people's burdens quite a bit too, right? Like you're listening to other people's problems all day. So here's here's the funny story. I would I'd go home to my wife, and and because we had this conversation about every day, she'd say, "So did you see any patients sicker than you today?" <laughs> That's funny. so. Yeah. Uh, but but I was able yeah. to function, and grateful that I was. And I had a daughter who actually was a a match as far as a second kidney. She was just getting married, looking towards family. I was able to function, so my doctors felt it was best to not use her kidney. So I got on a cadaveric transplant list. Mm. I had a few friends say, oh, you're a doctor, you'll get a kidney within a, a month mm. or two. Yeah. Not so. I, uh, I waited about two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, they don't really look at no, things like that, no, right? No, they don't. Yeah. Uh, you're not in the in club just because you're a physician? For, no, no. <laughs> right. Um, and so after about two and a half years, a um, uh, cadaveric kidney um, mm. became available. And in a, a little more personal, but that's really a, a kind of a, I, I don't even know the word to describe the irony of sitting in a, a my transplant took, back, took place late uh, at night uh, about eight years ago, a little more than eight years ago. And it's really kind of a sobering thought to, yeah. to be so excited about regaining my health, but sure. knowing that there's a family somewhere that's that's mourning the yeah. death of, of a loved, of one, a loved yeah. one. So mm. a lot of kind of poignant feelings that night, yeah. waiting to yeah. go into the Mixed OR, emotions, for waiting sure. for 
uh, a woman to come out of the OR who got one kidney, and I was then going to be willed in to get the other kidney. Wow. Of this woman, all that we know is that she was a, uh, a mother and wife of a uh, mother of four kids and a wife that don't. Wow. We never were able to hook up with the family. Hmm. Yeah. So that was eight years ago, and once again, um, I uh, have enjoyed great help since then, probably. Um, one of my greatest accomplishments that I view, and it's not too big, but, but when I got my transplant was a, it was in a January, and I set a goal to, um, to uh, do uh, Xterra, wow. uh, which was nine months later. It, there at Snow Basin? Uh, up at Snow Basin, cool. just the sprint, but, yeah. but still but Xterra. So nine months to the day of getting my wow. transplant, I did <laughs> Xterra. And that's incredible. Came in about last for my age group. But, that's okay. Uh, you, you that was it. an accomplishment for me. To, yeah. So that to me, that is such an accomplishment because so many people in that position with health complications feel broken. Right. Yeah. How how do you yeah. get over that feeling of feeling sick or broken and and instead of hiding in the closet and thinking oh I need to take care of myself by resting, how do you get that mentality of yeah. I need to take care of myself by moving? So Cameron, that's such a, a great point, and I'm glad you brought it up. And I I really put that my mindset back to my parents who never coddled me as yeah. a kid, and they could have. Sure. Um, sure. You know they could have said, oh, maybe you ought to not do this or that. Mm -hmm. And and I remember my dad, after the fact, expressing that, that as I wanted to, to recreate or even run track in high school, he was a little hesitant to, sure. to endorse that. But he never let my illness, which was pretty significant even as a kid, sure. uh, keep me from doing what I want. What I wanted, we as a family would go on camping trips every year and you know most of our camping trips would involve uh, hikes uh, Zion yeah. was one of our favorite places and yeah hydration and is an issue hydration yeah. is an issue there was a, a time or two on camping trips where I had to be taken to the ER Wow uh, you know out in the middle of, of nowhere hmm. um, but my parents never kept that from from the lifestyle they never kept it from keeping my siblings from, yeah. you know, oh, we need to take care of Steve, he may get sick. They, they never had that approach. And so That's great. It, there was never a time where my illness became an excuse to not do what I wanted. Yeah. I remember when I, when I was meeting with everyone you meet, meet with uh, for, for a transplant, I was meeting with a social worker and she was saying, you know, we could probably get you some disability <laughs> some disability and yeah. I had just graduated was just graduated from college and yeah. applying to medical school and I I just yeah. that thought never came to mind right and so I really do uh, do think my parents planted in me this idea that the illness was not an excuse for living life to its fullness and yeah and now as a physician I you know I just think there are very few conditions that that exercise is is not a is a benefit not right. a, not a hindrance right in in my uh, interacting with others i had an interesting conversation with a, a woman who has spent her life doing research on uh, people with kidney failure 
part of her research was looking at patients who were getting kidney dialysis yeah. and outcomes that could improve these patients' health after dialysis, which is really rough on the body. Oh, it's fatiguing. Yes, just, yeah. yeah. Uh, incidentally, I was lucky enough to, to never need dialysis. Wow. Um, but that's Anyway, part of her study was looking at patients that were getting dialysis and the placebo group who just got dialysis as normal. The other group got dialysis, were dialyzed while they were on an exercise bike. Wow. And I don't remember what the outcomes were, what the what outcomes they were looking at, but the, the data showed much improved oh, outcome I, yeah. with those that were on the exercise bike. I can't imagine. So yeah. if you can exercise while getting dialysis, which is getting huge volumes of blood in and out of your, yeah. you know, through a machine, I, I just don't think there's many things that, <laughs> that, that exercise <laughs> isn't You're going to help. Yeah. Right, Ab yeah. absolutely. I agreed. And exercise doesn't have to be, I think we, we think that exercise has to be us punishing ourselves exactly. and killing ourselves off. Yeah. It doesn't have to start out there. We may get there someday, right. but it doesn't have to be. Such a good point. It, it can be a walk around the block to begin, mm -hmm. and then that walk becomes a little more brisk and a little yeah. bit longer, And yeah. but it can start it wherever you're at. Yeah. And I think people think that they have to hold themselves to some standard, and I imagine your exercise post transplant was different than what it was two years down the road, right? You had to build back up. Right, yeah. 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 And I love what you said earlier when we were talking, just, you know, you really kind of listen to how you're feeling and, you know, some days you'll push it a little bit more and other days right. you just, you know, I, I'm just, this is relaxing. I'm enjoying nature. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just a really nice approach to, to exercise. It does take some of the stress out of it and some right. of the pressure that we put right. on ourselves, I think. Right. Well, and that's, we, we try to emphasize that big time here in, in your exercise should really support your lifestyle mm -hmm. and not be about losing weight or about, yeah. you know, like all these other kind of side goals that we have about body image or other things. Yeah. When it becomes about that, it, it really, it, it distracts from the reason why we're really doing it. Yeah. And, and then we, we tend to stop and start a lot more and, and things like that. Well, we live in such a competitive world with social yeah. media that we can compare ourselves to Instagram posts or Strava posts, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and if we're going yeah. to compete, we compete against ourselves, and even that maybe is not, not always <laughs> healthy. Yeah, right. yeah, right, right. I using it as a, a way to uh, to me, I run so that I can do all the things that I love to do. Yes, running isn't yes. necessarily my passion from from just a pure running standpoint. I I quite enjoy it now. But really, it was a means to an end of I like to cross country ski, snowshoe, you know, bike, every, you know, everything. I like to hike, camp, whatever. And I have four boys. If I want to keep up with them, yeah. like I want to be able to beat them up the mountain, not like drag me mm -hmm. up the mountain. Mm -hmm. And so to keep up with my kids, uh, running was just kind of part of part of the to, equation. Yeah, yes. a means to maintaining my health at the level that I wanted to. So I run not not for any other reason than just to maintain my ability to live life on my terms yeah. rather than being dictated to by a kidney what you can and can't do. Yeah, I, you know? I agree. I mean, over the past couple of years, one of my favorite places to be is on a mountaintop as the sun rises. Oh, yeah. And so That's I run good, yeah. or do something such that I can enjoy the journey. That, yeah, 
Yep. Yeah. And you get there in time to see the sun. To see it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So I, I've loved hearing you, you talk and just the perspective you have on everything. Um, obviously, as we've talked about, you've been through a lot, right? It's been quite the journey. Um, but it seems, and I know we touched on it before, but it seems like that mindset piece has been so huge for you, just being able to kind of shift your perspective. Um, it sounds like, you know, your parents were really influential in that right. and just some of your other practices, you know, you mentioned gratitude and, and be able to kind of slow down, yeah. I, I guess, really, what would you say have been your practices from kind of a mindset perspective and what's enabled you to kind of shift that to be where you're at today? Mm. It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I think part of where I'm at today is because I have found these other activities that I just enjoy, you know, yeah. I just, I mean, later today I'll go out cross country skiing and, Love it. That's <laughs> and, awesome. and it just, it's really the enjoyment of, of being out in nature that, right. that drives me now. And I'm not sure that's really addressing your well, the, your do question. You, I think in some ways it is. Yeah. Do you do a lot of soul searching and other things while you're out there? So I'm I'm a loner in general. Sure, uh, I'm me do too. Everything <laughs> alone. Never listen to music. Yeah. Uh, don't. Uh, well, I guess I do own some earbuds, but never take them out running. And <laughs> I just. I, I was talking to my daughter the other day, and she was kind of doing some searching of my soul and saying, "What do you think about when you when you're out?" And, I just think, I, I mean, I enjoy nature. I'm really into mindfulness, mm -hmm. yeah. which is just being in the moment. And, you know, sometimes when we run, we're so intent on... Right, checking our getting, watch. Or, checking yeah. our... And, and although I, I always run with, you know, my Garmin and yeah. look at my heart rate now and again, I really enjoy just being with yeah. one yeah. with nature and enjoying, you know, the birds. I... I was up uh, cross-country skiing a couple of years ago, and, and I, this story is probably a little made up, but I watched, <laughs> uh, I watched a couple of skiers go by me just really cruising, and, uh, and I was standing there looking at a moose that was, you know, 50 yards away, and, and I, I don't think they saw the moose, and sometimes we are so intent getting kind of philosophical here, right. <laughs> but sometimes we are oh. so intent on, on reaching our goal that we don't stop to, to pay attention to. Right. Yeah. To enjoy the to journey. To enjoy yeah. the journey oh, yeah. of what's around us, it. and especially <laughs> here in, in Ogden where there is oh, so much to enjoy. So pretty. Yeah, yeah I love that. So I, I always say, I, I, I found the same thing where uh, snowmobiles or four-wheelers or boats or things like they're they're fun. I can't deny that it's fun. But at the same time, you don't get the same experiences when you're on a run or when you're cross country skiing. Yeah. You get to see and hear and feel the nature around you. When yes. you're you scare nature away, or you, yes. uh, you know, I there's so many reasons why I like to be the motor. That's what I tell people. That's awesome. Like I, I like to so be the motor awesome. and not not yeah. you know use the motor because then I get to really experience it. It is amazing what you see, even on a bike, compared to right. to being in your car, and even more so running on a trail yeah. uh, versus driving along on the road that looks out towards the, yeah. the trail. You just yeah. notice so much more and feel yeah. and hear and taste and smell and everything so much a more. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. how do you feel like that ability to kind of step back and, and be in the moment 
has impacted your relationships, and then especially like in your practice as a physician? It's interesting to me as I talk to patients, because there are some patients that, that I say, you know, I think it really benefits you to, to be a little more active. And it's like I'm telling them to, to get all their teeth pulled or something. Yeah. <laughs> and yet if someone tells me, okay, you have to take two weeks off from, from exercise, it's like I'm getting my teeth pulled. Yeah. Don't do that to me. And it's, it's an interesting question that I don't have an answer to. And I'm yeah. sure that it's genetics and with some, you know, some life influences that causes us to be so, so yeah. different. And, and I think everyone needs to, you know, it's, I, I question what I can do as a doctor to influence people because I think people in general just need their own aha moment mm -hmm. to, to yeah. make that lifestyle change. It's true. That's a hard thing to force on, on people. You know, I'm, I'm sure insurance companies in the future will try lots of different tactics yes. to try to get yes. people to be more fit and things. And, and yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes until I always say until the ball hits the ground, it won't bounce. And so, you know, sometimes yeah. we do yeah. have to have, yeah. have that crisis moment before yes. we realize, like, yeah. um, you know, I've got to do something about it. And, and unfortunately, sometimes that's too late. Uh, you know, COVID is a great example of that, where yeah. people haven't, you know, really cared about their health, obviously, too much until now it's crisis mode and, and now it's a big deal when just a little bit of exercise may have been able to prevent the worst of the symptoms. So Cameron, that story plays out so often in my clinic where I've been yeah. in, in my practice now for about close to 25 years. Yeah. And I see patients who are in their six, 70s and 80s who when I started seeing them were in their 40s and 50s. And now they're coming to me in their 70s and 80s and they have diabetes and they have arthritis and they yeah. have high blood pressure and they're overweight and they're saying, what can I do to, to get my health back? And what I want to say is, well, you should have done that 20 <laughs> yeah. years ago. Because yeah. there does come this point where these medical problems become overwhelming and it's mm -hmm. such a, a big hole to dig themselves out of. Yeah, it's a, it is a much steeper hill to climb yeah. at that point. But, yeah. but at the same time, even little, little beginnings make a big difference. Yeah. They, they say with just a seven pound weight loss, um, a lot of the time your, your blood work numbers can be dramatically reversed. Yeah. And, yeah. and so just, just small changes even can yes. make a big, big difference yeah. in reversing those trends. And so, yeah, it, it's, that's the million dollar question is how do we, how do we <laughs> motivate people? Literally yes. multi-million dollar question. How do we yeah. motivate people yeah. to, to, you know, feel like they can participate in right. fitness. Right. And and that's honestly part of our mission here at Body Smart is we wanna we wanna try to find a way to have enough one on one contact with people to help motivate them yeah. to, to do it. But it, it's an uphill battle for sure. Yeah, well seeing the data you can generate from the testing we did this morning, yeah. I think that's just amazing data right. that can can help people. Right. If I could force everyone to do it. <laughs> no, it, again, it wouldn't right. work, but but it, it really does open your eyes to like, hey, you don't have to kill yourself to yeah. get benefit from, from movement. Yeah. It's just about starting moving and building on that day after day. Right. Consistency is the most important thing, more than intensity or, mm -hmm. you know, just, just stick with it and it eventually yeah. pays off, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. 
we're preaching to the choir there, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's so interesting to hear your journey and how you've been able to, from from mindset instilled in you as a in in you as a kid. Uh, yeah. to just keep moving and yeah. just keep moving and how that's impacted your whole life and it, your health. And, yeah. and, and that's great. Yeah. And, and those are the types of stories we love to yeah. share here on the podcast. So thanks so much no, for joining thank us today. You. Thank you. Um, if you want to, to go see Dr. Wynn, he is, again, at the Intermountain Clinic in North Ogden. Um, and I, I'm assuming still accepting patients. and Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth... The truth is, I, I want to retire so I can get out of the nature a little bit more. But, so, uh, but, probably yeah. practice for a few more years. Yeah. 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 So. But, yeah. So, if, if you'd like to, to reach out to him and you feel like he could help you, um, yeah, reach feel out free, to him there. Feel free, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you see me on this podcast and uh, there's something that sparked your interest, uh, yeah. please call. So. For sure. So thank you so much for joining us on the Run Amazing Utah podcast. And we look to see you on the next episode. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, all that stuff so you can catch all of our episodes. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Run Amazing Utah. Remember, if they can do it, you can do it too. If you have an inspirational running story or know someone who does, we would love to feature you too. Contact us through our Instagram or Facebook, Run Amazing Utah.